Hey, good evening. It's Charles Nesloni. We're here at Call It Both Ways Ref, and uh, we've got some things to talk about tonight. Uh, again, we got Brianna Flores and Joe Guzman here. We're going to do it up a little bit different. We don't have a center AR, center or the ARs tonight, but uh, we got some definite topics to talk about soccer here for South Texas and the Coastal Bend area. Uh, we've had so many games over the last few weeks, and uh, right now we've had four tournaments that we've had happen, and we just had a lot of games going on and a lot of refs going different places. And, and it's been kind of intense uh, situation, intense uh, couple of weeks that we've had with all these games and things going on. But we've seen some pretty good soccer out of some teams that we probably hadn't thought about before. Uh, Beeville and, and Santa Gertrudis got some teams that are stepping up and doing some good things. Moody, Miller, uh, and Ray, they're, they're looking uh, – you know, bring some uh, heat into the into the districts, and and you know, you still got the teams like our Flower Bluffs and Callens that are still doing strong, but you've got some other teams that are really stepping up to the plate, and and I think right now we've got some good uh, uh, games that are going to be going on out there. One of the things as we're looking at the intensity of what's going on, uh, there's been a, there's been some uh, uh, these teams that are we hadn't seen previously. Now we're seeing them step up, and kind of wondering. Uh, you know, what may be attributing to that? You got any thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things now is that there's not a really clear-cut favorite in either in-district for CCISD or outside of CCISD. The strongest guys and strongest teams out there aren't playing their best right now. So you have a lot of schools that are seeing that and they're looking to make a, a run to a playoffs or a run to, uh, to win district right there. So you probably have about five or six schools with the potential to be in the top two teams in a district where in the past, you maybe had one or two teams with that potential right there. So I think the games as we go forward are going to become more intense and there's going to be a lot more riding on them. And I think that uh, we see that both on the girls' side and on the, on, the, on the boys' side. I know we have about three teams in the Coastal Bend area who are ranked in the top 10 for Region 3. And a couple of weeks ago, they played against one of the teams who was ranked in the top 10 as well from San Antonio. And every match was close. We had two of our stronger girls' teams play last week, tied 1-1. One back and forth game could have gone either way so i think that the top teams may have regressed a little bit and some of our younger teams are wanting to take advantage of that yep um i've definitely had quite a few games <clears throat> this season already where <laughs> the results were not what i thought they would be um and like uh joe said they are a lot more intense a lot more emotions so early on in the season and most of these teams haven't even played a district game yet um and we've already seen a few fights this season, so. What What do you think are some of the attributing factors? I mean, I've, as I'm standing out there on the field and, and, you know, the players are getting a little bit more intense, the coaches seem to be getting a little bit more intense, and and where do you think that stems from? Where do you, where is that, what's coming, why are these teams getting that intense? High school's a different animal than club soccer. High school, it takes place at, under lights, nighttime, you got more fans in the stands. You have more emotion with it. <clears throat> You're playing for a school, not a club. And so you see a lot of these rivalries, schools that are rivals in every other sport as well, schools that have been going back and forth for, you know, for several years. So when they match up against each other, you're going to see a lot more of that emotion coming out. Uh, the pageantry to it, you know, you have a walkout. You have a national anthem. You have an announcer. It feels big time. Whereas a club game, it's on a Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m., you know, on a wide open field. There's nothing much to it. 
except for a few fans. So that game does ramp up a little bit. It is more important. The standings are right there in the open. Everybody can see it. Uh, you have your schoolmates coming up to cheer you on, whereas in a club game you probably don't have anybody but your parents coming out. So I think all those little factors right there make these players play harder. And our fields are a little bit smaller in, in, in high school soccer. There's more opportunity for more collisions to happen. There's more opportunities for contact and for aggressive plays to happen. Um, the games are they're longer, but they're quicker because there's ball boys. There's ball personnel to keep the ball playing so the ball's in play more often. The clock stops. So we have, instead of a 40-minute game, it ends up being a 45- or 50-minute game sometimes. So I think all those little things come into play when you talk about the intensity of it. Well, is there do the how do the fans impact uh, these games? I mean, in the couple of games that I've had, um, I've had some real issues with some of the fans and in their demeanor and their conduct uh, out there. And I think that you know the fans because their parents and whatever tends to get those players hyped up a little bit more. And you know, to me, and I and I told a coach this. I said, you know, because of what was being said and how it was being said. Um, you know, as a ref, it's kind of disturbing that we're facing these issues uh, with them. And, and I, I, told the, I told the coach, I said, you know, coach, this is part of the reason I think some schools get some bad reputations why other some refs don't want to ref at your, at your school. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's where they're coming from. So, like, in a club game, which the three of us are used to uh, throughout the year, the fans are sitting level with us. They kind of not hear them. It's wide open fields. The air is just moving around. While in a stadium, it's enclosed space, uh, fenced in. Uh, the parents are yelling down to you from stands. And a lot of these stadiums have a pretty good echo. So the extra loud mom and dad are heard by every single person rather than just the people in their general vicinity. Um, well, would you Would you agree that their conduct has a direct impact on the schools and, and, and maybe even how us as refs act with those players? Um, we are human beings, so yeah, anything that affects us is going to affect us. And we are going to probably change our behavior based on that uh, as much as we would like not to. I think I try to do the best job I can and stay as consistent as possible despite the out. But at the end of the day, like if something is bothering me, I'm probably going to portray it especially on my face <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I had a situation like that in, uh, a couple weeks ago when I was down in uh, one of the tournaments and the ladies was yelling at me because they didn't like the call I was making and and uh, I I kind of I, I kind of lost it there for a minute I didn't I didn't get mad or mean or anything but I just told them in the stands I said that was not called for and we would appreciate you keep the comments to a uh, uh positive side for your players you know where i don't mind them cheering on their players but when they start bad mouthing the refs or the other players or stuff it just it, it takes to me it takes away from the game and, and you know what are the things joe what do you th i mean you've you've seen some of this you have a little bit different demeanor on how you do something how do we combat that how do us as referees on a field parents and, and and now the players and, and and the coaches and they just they're really coming down on us how do we how do we overcome that? We use the tools we're given, and that's one thing I think we don't do a very good job of. Uh, we have school administrators out there. We have CC and um, CCPD and CCISD police officers out there. But typically, where are those officers found? 
by the concession stand, by a ticket booth, maybe at the very bottom of the steps of the stands. Last year or two years ago when I did district, I knew I had two teams that were going to be um, a little hot and bothered. The fans were going to be at each other. And I put both our police officers in the stands patrolling, and I told them specifically, this is where I want you at. We're in charge of that stadium for that, for that time period. They go where we need them to go. With that also, we don't always recognize who our administrators are. And 9% of the time, we don't need to. But that 10% that does happen, we do have to come up there with it. The other part is we also have to hold our coaches and our administrators from the schools responsible as well. We all know that there are certain schools in, in, in the Coastal Bend that if you ask every referee here, they're all going to give you the same general opinion. I don't like that school. Why? Because their fans act in a certain way. Yet, their coaches and their administration don't do anything about it. Until we step up and we hold our ground and say, you know what, this may not be as cool we need to be at, then we condone that behavior just as much as they do. We have to be in there with those administrators, with those ADs. One of the biggest things I've always advocated was I have no hesitation in the calling an AD and saying, Coach, this is how your parents are behaving. This is how your school is being represented right here. And if that behavior continues, I don't see myself sending an official your way anymore. Well, you're a, you're a, seasoned, you're a seasoned referee, and, and you've seen quite a few games and whatever, but what about that young referee, that first year, that second year referee who's – who's still green, they're still trying to figure out, you know, how to make the right calls on the field. Because, you know, as referees, we don't want to get people mad at us. We want them to think that we're doing the best job possible. And then when stuff happens, you know, it's kind of hard to go, hey, coach, you got, you got to go take, you know, it's for a new referee, that's a difficult thing to overcome. How would you? I think I can actually speak to that a little more because that's closer to a situation I am than y'all have been in in a while. Um, I am very confident on the field and making my calls and making sure that uh, the game is going the best that I can make sure it's going. But when it comes to parents yelling and coaches getting a lot of control, that's when I do lose a little bit of confidence depending on who it is. Some of the coaches, um, I know that most of the times it's just a quick response to what's happening and then they'll move on as the game continues and they'll drop the subject but there are a couple coaches that I look to a little more seasoned hopefully that I'm on a field with a a seasoned ref yesterday um, I had a situation that a coach came up to me and said that the way I referee is how games get out of control but didn't feel like that game got out of control so why the comment was necessary wasn't I'm not sure he told you what the way I referee is how games how games lose control. Did he expand on that? Because I didn't make enough calls in a 5-0 game that he won. And um, I was with the referee that's been doing it for a, a, quite a few years. This is, I think, just his second year in Tasso, but he's been repping. And he's a coach, so he sees, and he was a player. He's seen multiple sides of the game, just as I have. And he was able to talk... Uh, to the coach a little more than I was more confidently because also as I spoke in the last podcast I'm a very emotional person and I show my emotions through my body language so I think uh, I was very happy to have someone out there that was able to communicate with me. The uh, the fans and the coaches the administrators they don't know if it's your first year or 20th year they don't really care they don't that doesn't come into faith. <clears throat> if they don't think you're doing your job right, they will let you know regardless. They're not going to feel sorry for anybody who's new out here. Well, they're and, not, but at the same time, we've got to give, the, we've got to give our, our officials some tools. And I mean, we've got to give them some help to combat those issues that, they are, that arise. 
And that's where our training comes into place, right? That's where our training of talking about the tools that they do have access to, which are those administrators, which are those police officers. And that's where those guys have to go and talk to them personally. Talk to the score, um, the scorekeeper, the announcer, anything like that. But there are tools out there. I just don't think we always do the best job in utilizing them or the best job in training people how to utilize them. That's the biggest part right there. We don't train our officials how to go talk to those ADs, what needs to be said, what that referee wants to accomplish by going to talking to those people over there. Again, that game I did uh, at district last year, I told the police officers specifically what I wanted. If we hear any kind of statements that may agitate the crowd, that may expand on what's going on on the field right there, that person needs to leave. I was clear and concise with that officer and told him exactly what I was looking for. And it never got to that point, but I have every confidence that it had it gotten to that point, those people would be removed. If we have a player on the field that's consistently making the game worse, fouling, talking back, what do we do with that player? We yellow card them. We yellow card them, and what do we get to eventually? A red card. We send them off. Yet a parent has a, has, is doing the exact same thing in the stands, and we let him sit there the whole night? That doesn't work. Because that fan over there is making the situation worse. At the fight last night you were talking about right there, once the players calmed down and that was settled, the fans were the ones making it worse, and the police officer at that stadium was doing nothing about it. And I had a discussion with CCISD uh, last night and this afternoon talking about why wasn't the officer there handling crowd control. Even he, more proactive, even reactive. He didn't even react to the situation. And you know why he didn't do anything? He was never told what to do. Now, is that on us as referees? Not necessarily. But you probably save yourself quite a battle and quite a headache right there if you're proactive about it, like she said. Well, to... and I can I can tell you as being there, I didn't even know where there was a cop was there. Didn't know there was CCPD there. I knew where the administrator CCISD, was. CCISD, please. Or CCISD, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I knew there was administrator in the area, but I didn't really see the administrator around <laughs> as much as I as I as I thought I would. But that may be just because I was watching too much. Trying to focus too much on the field, would you uh, have but known I didn't. Who, would you have known who the administrator was? Yes. Okay. We talked to the administrator before the game and, and asked him where he was going to be and if something were to happen, where can we find him? Yeah, but there was three administrators last night. There were three. Well, and, I only met one. Right. Exactly. And how did they identify themselves? They walked. They came. He came up to me and he they introduced up, himself okay. and, and said, "I'm the administrator." And we said, but they "Hey, came, look, here's what we need to have happen, came, and here's where we and where are you going to be? So if we need to find you, we can get you." They came up to you as officials, right? But how do the players and the fans know who they are? They don't. Remember, we had a situation two years ago where we had a fight in the girls' district game. And one of the CCISD administrators came on the field to try to break it up with no identification, with nothing, not even a shirt that said CCISD. No, he so, had a shirt on last night that no, said CCISD athletics. But this girl didn't, this woman did not. No, yeah, okay, she didn't. She but did the... not. So what is she hoping to accomplish out there by being someone that nobody out there notices, knows, right? Yeah. So last night, the talk I had was one of the CCISD admins, ADs, was that they need to be identified. They need to have a badge, a tag, something that says who they are right there. Because if you, just, if you see a random person going out a grown, the field... A grown person, sorry. You see a random person going out in the field, a random grown adult, what's everybody going to think? No, it's a parent. parent, yeah. And so what's going to happen now? More parents. Okay. All that could have been prevented How? By that police officer being at the gate, those CCISD admins holding having their badges, which they all have access to, right? That's the reason that ourselves didn't go out there. I wasn't a black jacket and a black pants. No one knows who I am going out there. I'm not in my official greens. So we have those tools right there, 
or I don't think we're utilizing them the best way. And we're so not. if you get away from the CCISD who has their, you know, the CCISD police force and all, and you get to, I was at Bluff yesterday. you know, at know. London, or you get to Bluff, or you get to Kingsville, you get to Alice, uh, you don't necessarily have that same level of security. of uh, security or or pieces that you have in a in a bigger school district. So you got some small school districts that that administrator is a school teacher that has been designated for that evening to be that administrator, and she's she or he's coming out of a classroom uh, in order to in order to do those duties as administrator. So but every- you know those some those are some challenges they have as well as us to make sure that they can be identified and take care of situations and i think as us you know as referees as officials uh we like to think we're in charge it's our field and you're going to do what i say but in reality while we may be in charge of that game those administrators and those those coaches they're the ones who really have that influence i believe over those fans uh, in how they react and how they do, and ultimately how which comes down to those kids and how they react on the field. Every coach has access to their cell phone, and every administrator has access to their cell phone. Two years ago, I was in Tulsa Midway, and we had a situation in the stands, and that AD was at the basketball court, not at the soccer field, because there was two events going on that one day, and they were administrating both of them, which is normal, which is typical, which is fine. And I had one of the players, or one of the um, trainers, assistants, student staff, whoever it is, go to the gym and say, I need that administration out here. And they went and got them. And they fetched them and brought them over here for us, right? And we told them, hey, this is what's going on in the stands. We need those people removed. They took care of it. So you have to approach people and say, hey, we need your AD. We need your whoever the administrator inside is. We need them out here right now. And if it gets to the point where you got to stop the game or suspend it or whatever you got to do, sometimes if it's that drastic, sometimes you have to do it. So as as a young as a younger official and you're you're have these situations that are that come up, you you can't be timid at at doing that. Would you agree? Yeah. No. You, you can't be timid. I don't you've think got I've to, ever been timid in my life, but Yeah, well. Yeah. I, I'm just saying for yeah. new officials, you know, <laughs> you can't yeah. you can't take it that, you know, well, I'm just I'm just so and so. I I really you know, you've gotta go in there with a degree of confidence that I'm doing my job. If something happens, I got to go talk to him. And I will tell you, last night at the at the situation we had at the end of the game last night, um, we probably as officials did a little bit more than what we should have. We stepped in to the 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 fray of what was going on to try to keep kids from from going after each other. And coaches were doing the same things and all. Uh, it was just a very tense situation. And afterwards, the administrator came up to us and told me, hey, here's what I saw, but I was over here. I wasn't close enough to to interact. And so it was just some things that, you know, I look at that situation last night. I look at the, the name calling by the fans that happened uh, at the tournament. I listened to... Uh, you know, we had an incident between two girls that uh, got into it, and they get red carded. And I'm sure that there was other factors involved with that. And you and you listen to some of the fans in, in the tournament. It, Joe, you and I did the tournament over here uh, on the other side of the bay, and and some of the comments and stuff that are coming from the fans, and you wonder why, why, why do they do that? I mean, we're not. They are. You know, I've never. I have never. I, I don't. Uh, and as a referee. Uh, I, I like to think that I am professional, 
and that I keep my cool and I continue to go on. But sometimes those things do kind of get under your skin and, and you want to say something, you want to react, but you know, you know, it's better than not to do that. But I, you know, as a, as having been a parent, having been an official and or being an official, having been a coach, I've seen multitude sides of how all this is. And that's a lot of pressure on a young referee, an inexperienced referee to hear all of that, take that in and keep coming back and doing it. And keep coming back to do and I applaud every referee that does come back. And in the email I sent out this afternoon, I think I addressed that same exact thing. The cost of us acquiring a new referee and training a new referee is so much greater than the cost of keeping and retaining a referee. And it's getting harder and harder to do that every year because there's so many more options over there. I don't understand why referees would want to go to a school that they're just gonna get berated at regardless of how much they get paid. <clears throat> I personally blocked myself off a school that I don't want to go to because of the treatment I had over there. And I have 22 other schools I can choose from to go somewhere else. There is not an AD anywhere in the state of Texas, I guarantee it, that wants to have that reputation of their fans being the ones that cause people not to show up. The coaches may get caught up in the middle of a game. That's emotion. That's the game. They're very short-sighted in that moment, and I understand that. But I guarantee, you go to that AD and say, Coach, we're not going to have this anymore tonight. We're not going to send officials over here, and they will get that corrected. And I think that's the, the logical step. If the coach won't help you, you go above their head to the next person right there. And if you don't want to do that, send myself or Charles a note, and we'll help you take care of it. And I, and I would and that's one of the things I would echo to every official that's listening uh, out there. If you've got an issue, you get with the assigner, you get with the president of your association. You you know even if you're not a coastal bend referee and uh, you're in another association somewhere else, get with those folks in your leadership of the referee uh, organization. And you know for us here, Joe's the president, I'm the assigner. Uh, Alan Miller is being the vice president, and Dave Miller. Uh, being our secretary, treasurer. our treasurer, sorry, Robert Kunkel, I apologize, is our, is our secretary and Sergey as our member at large. And one of us will go and, you know, make contact with those schools and say, hey, here's an issue that we, we need you to take care of, or you're not going to have officials. And I'm, I agree with you. I really think that that's uh, um, what we need to be doing. And I, uh, uh, I would highly, highly encourage any official who has a problem with a school contact us let us know what's going on and coaches if you're listening to coaches if you got problems with our referees i want i want to con i want you to contact us i want you to tell me or joe what's going on because we need to be able to address that because every official that walks on the field is a professional or should be a professional and they should act as a professional no matter the situation what that is out there they got to they got to be a little bit bigger a little bit strong they got to maintain control uh, I, I, you know, uh, we've had, we've had in, uh, some officials that, you know, we just, we, we've got to talk to and say, Hey, look, you know, maybe you could have handled this situation a little bit differently and it makes it a little bit better. If you can talk with the coach and, and not have an issues with coach, if you can talk to players and not have issues with players, you know, as officials and, and I'm just, Brianna, I'm like you, you know, you said last week you wear your emotions on your sleeve. I'm one of those guys, too. I mean, you can read it in my face when I'm on the field and I am not happy. Uh, you know, coaches and players can tell, you know, and I like to joke around. And Joe, you know, I, you joke around with, with players on both sides of the teams out there, you know, just trying to, you know, create some levity. Uh, so that it's, you know, kind of break down some of that tension as it's going on. And, and you know, I try to do the same thing so that, you know, we like to make it fun. And there are some games that I have seen that have been 
have been real intense and have been some fun games. And in fact, this week, uh, I did a game where I called, at the end of the game, I called the young man over and I said, you know what? I said, I don't know if you know it, but uh, in, in uh, FIFA, in the, the La Liga League, when a player does an exceptional job, he shows good sportsmanship, he's a clean player, they show him a green card for a job well done. And so, and I carry a green card. I do that myself. And so I called this young man over and I said, young man, here is your green card. And I said, thank you very much. So being that clean player and being that exceptional. And he looked at me and goes, wow, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. You know, and so I think that helps to break down some of that tension between players and referees, between others and referees, uh, you know, when we can have a little humility and show some of those things and we can keep our heads about us. Yeah, I was actually, I think before we started the podcast, I was talking to Joe about maybe talking about, uh, I think Joe's one of my, like, when I think about someone that has good game control, uh, Joe's one of the referees that comes to mind first. I think okay, his head's of, already big. But yeah, no, I, know, okay. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> but, um, and one of the things that he does a little differently than a lot of the referees that I, I watch and work with is he does communicate a lot with some of the players. And um, the players that I see him communicate with the most are some of the players that are actually he calls the most fouls against. But at the end of the game, they're shaking his hand and saying, thanks, coach. Thanks, Mr. Guzman. Thanks, referee. And I, I think uh, we could all learn something from that. I, I think one thing I do very well is I pull players together and I talk to them, right? And I understand the moment. I understand what the situation is. Um, but I also hold the captains accountable for it. And I think something you hear me say all the time is, hey, captain, can you control your boy? You know your girl right can you help her out because i'm trying to work with her a little bit work with him a little bit um that was something that happened i think the the ray uh gp game which was a very intense one-to-one back and forth game and we had a couple situations and i told captains hey you know handle your guys or i handle them for you and nine times out of ten the captain's gonna step up and be a captain and uh <clears throat> part of that rapport is i get it in the pregame i shake their hands you know we did a little bro hug whatever we joke around a little bit um you know, I'm here to work with them. They're here to work with me. And so I got a little goodwill in the bank with them. And when I need to pull it out, I call them over. I'll tell the coach, hey, I'm trying to work with your guy here, but, you know, he doesn't want to work with me. Then it's got to escalate. But usually what happens is, and I saw it last night at um, Victoria West and Carroll, the captain will pull the guy over and just say, hey, shut up. Why are you talking? And I'll say, thanks, captain. Appreciate you, right? He's like, I got you. And, um, and well, we'll that would be one of the things if you can remember the number. And I'm watching the kid, and I get to a point I don't remember the numbers, and I've got to look around to see who's got the armband if they've got the armband on or something. I mean, you know, that's just one of those things that you you, you got to put it in your mind. I guess that's one of the the one of the individual tools. Maybe something I can work on. You know, remember that number of that captain. Uh, I a, I've never written down a captain's number actually, to be honest. And. Um, Last night I talked to a guy and I said, hey, captain. He's like, I'm not the captain. They go, well, act like one right now for me. Help me out. You know, every player out there has a responsibility as, as, as a varsity or a JV level player to be accountable for their actions. And, you know, when you're on a team, you're accountable for your other guys' actions as well. I asked him, hey, go talk to your guy. Tell him this is what happened in the situation. <clears throat> captain or not, he handled it for me. You know, and it's easier a lot of times when it comes from a teammate. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes teammates bicker. But... You know, I give them the first shot at it. If they can't handle it, I'll step in. But majority of the time, you know, the game will self-police itself. Well, we've talked a lot about, you know, professionalism and, and, and the fans and pieces. What are the, what are the other topics you all wanted to talk about? 
so I think, yeah, um, we continue to say we're professionals, we're also human beings. Uh, so I think what Joe does well, he goes out there, he shows that he's a human being, but he keeps his emotions in check. Um, and so I think make sure that, I think um, even when Joe's made mistakes, he does make mistakes, guys. Um, he does, he pats his chest and he goes, my bad, guys, my bad. It's uh, her call and he points the direction. If it was a, a throw in that just the wrong direction, I'm like, oh, I saw White tap it out last. It's Green's ball. Um, so at the end of the day, like. <laughs> so how, let, me, let me throw a scenario at you and see and ask how you handle the situation. So. Throat punch Joe. Oh, okay. Not the... Oh, we, we got time. We got, wrong situation. Yeah, yeah. No, don't throw it. Uh, so, anyway, the, uh, the the ball is kicked, and it's uh, flying down the field uh, into the attacking side. The attacking player gets the ball and runs it in uh, to the, to the um, 18, kicks the ball, scores a goal. And you look over to your right-hand side where you think an AR should be, and there's no AR. And so, automatically... You think, oh, okay, they just ran back up the field because a goal was scored. You blow the whistle, you signal that a goal is scored, and then you hear from the and you hear from the side, and you just stop the stop the clock. You hear from the side, hey, ref, ref, look at your AR, look at your AR, and your AR standing there with his flag up with the offside call. Wow, you're, I mean, you know, hey, ball hasn't been restarted. Hang your head in shame, shrug your shoulders, say I'm sorry, my bad, missed it. We're restarting down here, offside. Offside. And, and exactly what I did last night. Humble. I just looked at him and I went, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that happened to me last night, and I did that. And, and I had already signaled a, a goal, but I hadn't written it down. They didn't put it up on the board and everything else. And I just and I looked at him, and I, and I had to wave it off and go, I messed up. I didn't look at him. It is a... It is a uh, indirect uh, kick. Indirect kick right here for an offside. It was just one of those things that... Check your ARs, guys. Yeah, you know, one of the things I talked about last week is I need to do better is check my ARs, you know? So, anyway, such uh, as it is. Saying I'm sorry goes a long ways. You can't change the outcome. I told a guy last night, hey, I'm sorry. He argued with me for a second. I go, it's not changing. We're moving on. Hey, I missed it. My bad. Let's go. You know, I mean, it's... You're, you're going to make 8, 10, 15 decisions every couple of minutes, right? I mean, you're not going to be perfect. No one out there is. It's a long game. And as much as you have ARs or even a duel, you're still kind of out there by yourself watching a whole lot of things happen at once. You make a mistake. You tap your chest. You, you know, humble yourself a bit. It's the people who come across as arrogant and cocky that struggle the most because now the players are going to match that. You say, I'm sorry, I missed it, something like that, you go on. I've apologized to coaches when I missed a call. And I'll walk by, hey, you know what, coach, I missed it. Yeah. What do you want me to do? It's not going to change now. And when you state it matter-of-factly, they have no choice but to go on. I had a coach argue with me a couple of weeks ago on the tournament about a call after the game. And we went back and forth for a couple minutes. And I finally said, Coach, you know what? I missed it. All right, thanks. It's not going to change anything now. And we move forward. They don't like it. Eh, it happens. But that's what the sport is. You're going to miss things. Players are going to miss things. Coaches are going to make bad decisions. We all make bad decisions. It happens. You know, showing some humility in those situations you know, it's um, I say my bad probably more than anything on the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had a lot of good discussion here on uh, um, on this in this podcast. You know, it and I think this is a a big one for every referee. You know, 
Humble yourself out there on the field. Don't be afraid, you know, to admit a mistake on there, but keep yourself professional. And when things are happening on the field that seem like it's getting out of control, stop the game. Talk to that administrator. Talk to that to that uh, security folk or or the coach or something. Say, hey, look, you know, we need to we need to calm things down. And um, you know, can you help me out? And you know, have a little bit of humility about yourself. And and then let's see what uh, uh, we can do to to make itself better. And by all means. We- Call us, call Joe, call myself, call, you know, one of the board members and, and we'll work to help you, you know, with that school. So You know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because there's a natural progression where it goes, where talk to a player, talk to the captain, talk to the coach, talk to the administrator on site, talk to the AD. I mean, it just goes right up the ladder right there, right? And if you still can't get your problem solved after all that, then it's a bigger problem that, that needs to be addressed. But I guarantee you one of those five steps, you're probably going to find a solution. So, any parting thoughts, Brianna? Don't separate fights. Let the administrators do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, next, I got next, it. Um, next uh, podcast, I'd like to go over the technology that we're starting to use, uh, the comms, the, the, the stuff that's coming out a little bit more. Uh, I think that's a great tool that we have access to now that we hadn't had in the past and kind of like to address that and kind of see where, uh, where we may be going with that in the future. All right. Well, a lot of good discussion. Thank you all. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, look for us in a couple of weeks. Again, uh, call it Both Ways Ref uh, with Joe, Brianna, and myself, Charles. And uh, we look forward to seeing you out there on the field and uh, doing good things. And uh, we're looking forward to a pretty interesting season. So uh, send, us, uh, send us your ideas of the things you may want to talk about, and uh, we'll be seeing you out there on the pitch. Until the next time, have a good day.